morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. Uh, my name is Bernard. I work at Macmillan Cancer Support. I work in the social media team. Um, essentially, what that means is that we manage Macmillan's presence on the social media platforms. Principally, I would say what takes up most of our time is engagement on Facebook and Twitter, but increasingly we do other platforms as well. Um, there are four of us in social media at Macmillan. And the reason why there's four of us, it's quite a, quite a big group, is because we're seeing an increase in the number of people who choose to be in touch with us as an organization via digital technology, specifically via social media. So we're seeing more and more people who are more comfortable sending us a private Facebook message or a private Twitter message than would be perhaps comfortable picking up the phone and calling the support line. This is for a variety of reasons. I think um, one of the reasons is the way in which digital technology has, has revolutionized the way in which we live our lives. So I feel that we can't really talk about social if we don't for a second talk about digital media and the way in which it's changing, the ways in which we, we, we shape our lives, we live our lives. Um, I feel like digital media has brought about a democratization of information sharing and a democratization of, of access to, to information. So until a few years back, we would, have expect, we would expect big media agencies uh, like uh, BBC, Al Jazeera, CNN to be the ones constantly breaking news to us. But today, with, with the widespread access of digital media, it could be a random stranger in the street who has, who has at the right place, at the right time, has access to a smartphone and an internet connection to break the news to us. And this is happening more and more. Uh, we know that people, the way in which people seek information, share information, create content, is, is very rapidly changing. Um, and often our screens are becoming the first point of contact with the external world for us to seek, to seek information. And which screens are we increasingly using? Increasingly our first screen is our mobile phone, this, our smartphone, the most powerful device that most of us own. I read a statistic recently that was, that was really curious, but it's probably quite it's probably true. An average adult in the Western world checks their phone 150 times a day. That's, that's quite, quite a large number, but considering, I'm seeing some people smile, considering I admit to check my phone the last thing before I go to bed, and the first thing when I, I'm seeing some people nod, so I'm, I'm, glad, it's, I'm glad it's not just me. Um, so yes, our mobile phones have revolutionized the ways in which, in, in which we access information. So what we do know as well is um, that a lot of content and a lot of information is being shared online and what we hope to discuss in this session is how to find this content, how to engage, how to engage with this content. Uh, before, before we go any further, I'd like to address, address two myths about social media. We can move to the first slide, Billy, please. Um, first myth, maybe I'll stand out a few way. The first myth about social media is often my audience is not on social media. My research is so niche my interests are so exclusive that no one shares them on social media. If we can go to the next slide, Billy, and perhaps we can just look at the second row, perhaps, just information relative to, to UK numbers. If we think that there's 15 million plus active UK users on Twitter every month, there's 35 million plus, million plus active UK users on Facebook, and LinkedIn, the professional network, sees 11 million plus active users every month. I can pretty much guarantee that out there on social media, your topics of interest are being discussed. The trick is to find these, uh, the, the avenues to find this, this, this content, to engage with this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so when people realize this, that there is content out there that they can engage with, they quickly jump to the second myth, 
excellent, I need to join every social media platform out there so I can get access to this information and start engaging with influencers. This is why you probably would want, not want to do that. Now, admittedly, not all of these are social platforms. There's a few browsers, etc. But in this, in this, at the same time, there are social platforms that aren't on this list, aren't on this slide. So I would say it's approximately accurate. Um, spreading yourself too thin is not going to make um, much of, a, of an influence. You're just going to be wasting your time. And depending on what we're interested in, so I can pretty much guarantee there isn't much conversation happening around history and policy on Snapchat or Instagram, for example. If we think of, however, Twitter, for example, or LinkedIn, for example, um, we can move to, on to the next slide, um, Billy, thank you. Um, there is much more likelihood, there's a bigger likelihood that there is conversation that is interesting to us happening on specific platforms. So the first trick is knowing where our audience is. How does, where, where does our audience, uh, the people who are in, we are interested to engage with, spend their time? How do they use the platform? What we, what we would then do is, is, is try to join the conversation that is already happening out there. And platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn offer um, the, position, uh, the, the functionality for us to find these conversations and, and join them. If we think of LinkedIn as an example, we have, we have LinkedIn groups that we could, that we could um, join and, and see who the influencers are, who the people who seem to know the latest developments about our area of research um, are. And those are the people we will want to connect with and follow. Um, Twitter also allows the uh, functionality of a... Uh, has anyone ever taken part in a Twitter chat? Okay, Billy has taken part in a Twitter chat, thank you. So if we move to the next slide, we have a screenshot of a Twitter chat that we had at Nottingham last year. Um, so a Twitter chat essentially is a conversation happening on Twitter by people who share the same, or who are interested to talk about the same, the same topic, um, generally around the hashtag. So um, the hashtag we were using is hashtag CTWChat. That stands for Cancer Talk Week Chat. Cancer Talk Week is a weekly event that we have, uh, a week-long event that we have in January. Um, we invited uh, Chris. Chris the Eagle is his Twitter handle. He's a very popular um, cancer blogger. We invited him into the office, and he, and he was answering questions and engaging with our community. It should have lasted an hour. It ended up lasting two because there was such... Um, a lot of uptake. People were asking him questions, and Chris was having a good time, so we extended it by an hour. Uh, what happened here is Chris was able to reach our audience, and our audience was able to identify Chris as an influencer, and connect with him, and learn from him as well. Um, now, there's various Twitter chats happening out there around our areas of interest, and I have examples of uh, another two that I uh, am aware of. If we can move to the next slide, thank you. Um, so the one on the left is a, um, a breast cancer worldwide chat that happens um, Tuesday evenings. Anyone can join, anyone on Twitter can join using, using the hashtag that they use. And one that I use myself professionally because it discusses social media and digital technology also happens on Tuesday afternoons. It's hosted by an agency called Social Media Buzz and using the hashtag you can know who, uh, who, are the, who the influencers are. So who are the people in my industry who always seem to know the latest developments? Um, now you could say this is Twitter, there's a limit of 140 characters per tweet. How am I having a conversation there? As someone who probably spends more time on Twitter than is probably healthy, I can guarantee you can have a conversation on Twitter. Occasionally you may need to send out two tweets instead of one, but it is entirely possible to have a conversation and learn from other people and engage with other users on Twitter. 
Right, so we perhaps have identified our network. Now, what do we do with our message? How do we share our message? Now, it's likely that we would have, um, say, as researchers, um, carried out a, a large amount of research that has taken days, months, years, perhaps. Relevance is, is one of the first, one of the most important things. Um, and with relevance, what I mean is weaving our data with regards to, weaving our data in a, in a wider conversation that may be happening around our area of interest. For example, is there a TV show that is discussing something that you're researching right now? Because if there is, the times at which the TV show is being aired could be potentially a really good time to send your content online. And you may say, I'll stop you right there. People are watching the show. How are they engaging with my content online? What we are saying is that people don't, people don't watch TV as much as they listen to TV. TV is something that's on in the background. What people are mostly doing is engaging with their handheld devices. So you see more and more people. The TV is on in the background, but what they're doing is this. Tweeting furiously away to a bunch of other people who are engaging, who are watching the same show somewhere else around the UK or somewhere else around the world. It's called, I'm seeing some other people nod as well, so once again, I'm glad I'm not the only person to do this. Um, you could say this is the, the notion of parallel consumption of, of, of content, so we're consuming content in parallel. And I've heard this, so you know the, the, the process of, sort of doing this, and then occasionally looking up to the TV and back. Um, the CEO of Twitter called this meerkatting, sort of acting a bit like a meerkat, which I thought was a very apt description, and more and more of us um, tend to do that. Um, with regards to shareability, um, what is very important as well is, so we have, we have a lot of, of content. I could give you an example of last year we were working on Macmillan's annual report. Now, an annual report is probably an organization's dullest document because it's full of data, it's full of stats, it's very long, it's often hard to find the information that you want. But for us, it's really important to send that data out there so people know the money that they are donating to Macmillan is being spent in a, in a good way. So what we thought is, should we upload a PDF of our annual report to Facebook and Twitter and expect people to download it on their mobile phones, probably, because we know that's the way in which people often access our platforms. And we figured, we can't see ourselves do this. We wouldn't be on a busy train on the way back home from work accessing the internet from a mobile phone and choosing to download a big data-heavy PDF onto our phones. So what we did was we created um, infographics to show, to show our message. Um, Billy, we can go to the next slide, please. Um, so infographics, data visualization, so important to put your message across in a way that is shareable for your users, that allows your users to understand what is going on in a visually um, exciting way, I would say. That allows them to, to be encouraged to share your message, to amplify your message. Um, we have another, there's another example as well that we can show. Um, what you could potentially say is, but I don't have power um, skills to create this Photoshop skills. Um, there's tools out there, there's software out there that allows us to create infographics um, very easily for free. Um, one of them is called Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. It's a really good tool, it's free to use, and you can easily drag and drop um, content, and it allows you to create reasonably nice looking infographics for free. Um, another one is called Visme, that's V-I-S-M-E. It allows you to do, to do the same thing. 
And a colleague mentioned Infogram, which I must say I haven't used myself, but it comes recommended. That's infogr.am. So these are all drag and drops, web, drag and drop websites that allow you to build, to build infographics and give your data life, give your data meaning, so it's easier for your audience to amplify your message, to share your message. There's another slide, I believe, that is also an infographic. Just a, a fun slide, that I, the infographic that I saw recently, the BBC telling us that 7% of people who buy vinyl don't have a turntable. Just a curious way of, of displaying data. If we go back, Billy, if you don't mind, to the, to the yellow slide, the last point is, is memorability. So um, I would say, um, say if you're delivering a session about your... So today, even the weatherman tells us his Twitter handle, so we can follow him or her on Twitter and learn more about, about, about the weather. So if you have business cards, if you have an email signature, or if you're delivering sessions, make sure your Twitter handle is there so people can be in touch with you should they wish to, should they wish to keep in touch. Um, is this me? Must be me. Um, perhaps you're uh, delivering a session as part of a larger, a larger seminar. Have you thought of having a, a, organizing a hashtag and encouraging people to tweet you as they go along? So what, ha what, what could happen then is you have a list of people who have been at your session, who have engaged with your content, who you could perhaps build relationships with. Um, you could perhaps uh, use websites such as SlideShare, which is a, a presentation sharing um, website. Um, this this uh, SlideShare slideshow is, is, is on SlideShare as well, should you wish to access it later. We can, um, yep. This is just a curious image that I wanted to share with you. This is Kerala in India. Some festival was happening. Just look at the way in which people are engaging with, the, with, with, with real life there and then. So there's an elephant, and what are people doing? They're living the moment through their handheld device. They're living the moment through their mobile phones. They're engaging by taking a photo of this, of this, of this elephant. So what, what we need to keep in mind here is the way in which people are accessing our information. Let us, net, let us not assume that people are always seeing our, our, our content on huge screens, because they're often accessing our information on smaller screens on handheld devices. This is my, my, my last slide. So to summarize, I, I think content must be varied. What I mean with that is sending out the same message dozens of times is unlikely to yield loads of results. So having varied uh, content is, is, is really important. Frequency of content is also so important. Because if someone is trying to engage with you and they can see that you haven't posted anything on their platform of choice for nine months, six months even, they're unlikely to make the first step to connect with you. So frequency of content is very important. Um, my last point, and possibly my favorite point, is human. Um, one of our values at Mapillon is we are personal, and we try to live that in all our engagements and in social media as well. Um, it's very easy to come across as robotic, as monotonous, as mechanical when you're tweeting or posting on behalf of an organization, or indeed as yourself. But we make an effort to, to, to build that personal connection so our messages are, are more authentic, are, sound genuine, sound like they're written by a human person, human being, with a face and a name, who cares about what they're doing, so to give them that human touch. So our messages um, sound human because people engage better and, and can connect better with people rather than with big corporate brands. So that's me. Um, this is how you can keep in touch, should you wish to. Thank you very much.